0: Generosity. What's it going to look like in 2020? God, we give our hearts and minds to the worship of your word and attention to your word and obedience to your word. Most of us in this room want that. Help us to see what it is and hear what it is you want to say to us today in Jesus' name. Generosity. The kids just left, but if you've been around church since you were a kid, you probably learned it in Sunday school or around the dinner table when your family had devotions and read from the Bible and maybe memorized a verse of scripture occasionally together, hopefully. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he, I don't usually do this too often, crowd manipulation, but let's do that again. God so loved the world that he He did. His one
1: and only son. That's what the cross reminds us of. I don't think I thanked, can't
0: catch it all, but guys that put that up. I think Kyle made that, didn't he? looks so good. It's attractive, but it's representative of something.
1: So giving from the Father and the Son. God so loved the world that he gave. He's an
0: extremely generous God, my friends.
1: So then, what is generosity going to look like for us in 2020?
0: It's so awesome to be able to say that generosity is in the DNA of this local church. And and I hope and pray it always is. This church started with a significant seed of generosity right from the very beginning when a Christian businessman donated the land upon which this facility sits and upon which, of course, our future expansion will sit as well. And and then other churches and other individuals that, uh, that gave And in many cases, very significantly to this strange idea of putting up a building before, literally, the construction started before there was one person that I was aware of that was saying, I'm going to be a part of the church family. And before that happened, before we had our first Sunday gathering, people gave to this mission endeavor of having a lighthouse like this in Beaumont. Generosity was seeded. In the DNA of our church from the very beginning. You need to know that. And that's humbling. That's exciting. And that's a privilege. As leaders, generosity has always been a characteristic we desire to cultivate in our own lives. And in this church family. And and, and so many of you faithfully demonstrate generosity. uh, Through giving in a variety of ways. Your your, your time. Your gifts and abilities. um, Your insights that you share sometimes with one another. And and it probably happens lots, I hope, in your small group. Insights, you're generous with sharing your insights that you've learned from God's Word. And of course, with your financial resources for God's work. Way to go for that. And if if you've ever, and most of us have, I should say it this way, when you express generosity, doesn't it feel good? Sometimes we can go into... An experience of giving generously, very, very tired. I've seen it, I've experienced it, I've witnessed it in others as they shared it. And they come away rejuvenated. About four years ago, we were doing a message series entitled Becoming Like God. And one of the messages in that series was about generosity because uh, that's God's character, as we'll talk about in a moment. Some of you were here that Sunday in May, uh, that morning, when we ordered pizza. And we had it delivered right at the end of the message. Uh, One pizza that we ended up giving giving away to a newcomer that day. Before that pizza delivery guy came, we collected a tip here for him. And some of you shared in that. And the aim was just simply to be generous. Give him this tip for no other reason than showing God's love. Well, that young guy walked onto the stage that morning with a hot pizza. It was all I could do from grabbing a piece. I don't usually eat breakfast Sundays, and I was hungry, and it smelled good. But anyway, gave him my credit card. He swiped it through his, uh, uh, the machine there, and then, and then I told him that as a church uh, family, we were talking that morning about, about ways to grow in being generous and uh, becoming more like Jesus. And I told him that we wanted to tip him for his pizza delivery work. One of the ushers brought a large envelope of the tip money that had been previously collected that morning, and the ushers had counted it, and it was written on the side. I handed it to him and said, here's your tip of $2,031. And his jaw dropped open, and he cupped his, do you remember? Cupped cupped uh, his, his hand over his mouth in disbelief. And my prayer in that moment, and still is as I think about it, is God, continue to water that seed of love that this church family deposited in that little experience we had together. I mean, that that act of generosity, didn't it? Those
1: of you that were a part of it, that felt good, didn't it?
0: A little bit of God's love was deposited in that that young man's heart. I, I believe it. The primary reference for this message today is a little book From some years ago, Andy Stanley's book called Fields of Gold. Book I recommend to you on this this topic. I actually want to read a couple of paragraphs. He writes, As a pastor, my primary responsibility is to encourage and equip people to grow in their relationship with their Heavenly Father. There is always another arena in which I am responsible. Or sorry, there is also another arena in which I am responsible to help people grow. Financial stewardship. As believers, we all have a responsibility to leverage our wealth for kingdom purposes. I rarely encounter resistance when I talk to people about investing in their relationship with an invisible God who loves them unconditionally. But the brake lights come on when I urge people to give their hard-earned money. The what-ifs shower down on them like a spring rain dousing whatever spark of enthusiasm I may be able to kindle. I realize that the fact that I am a pastor may give you reason to suspect my motives, he says. It could very well be that you have had a bad experience with the pastor somewhere along the way. Worse, you may have had a bad experience with the pastor that involved your money. That may be the case for some of you. And then he writes, my goal in writing this book is to free you from the percentage mentality and to introduce you to a way of life built on the premise that God is a rewarder of those who seek him and seek his kingdom first. That last phrase, God is a rewarder of those who seek him and his kingdom first. And that's what this is all about. Seeking God and his kingdom, seeking uh, his way of doing things in life, seeking his way of living generously is is how our creator wants us to live. Generous with, as the old adage goes, uh, with with our time, our talents, and our treasure. Hmm. What's that mean for you today? In any any of those areas. This is not, as alluded to by Andy Stanley, this is not a tithing message. It's about generosity. Occasionally over the years, I've heard people say, tithing is Old Testament so it doesn't apply. I understand what you're saying. And that's fine actually because... As New Testament believers, you're right. We we don't live under the law anymore. We live under grace. We live by grace. We
1: live in grace. And grace always outpaces the law, doesn't it?
0: It certainly outpaces the law in the area of giving and thus thus leads us in Christ-like, extravagant, Generosity in every area of our life. And we're all on a growth track there, I'm sure, at at different places. A couple of questions I want us to all think about this morning. What if God asked you to give beyond your comfort level? Whatever that is. What if God, what if you knew God was asking you to give beyond your comfort level? To, to anything, To it not, not, doesn't matter what the, th- the thing is right now, it's just this uh, conceptually, what if? And secondly, how does, the in this moment, I, I really want you to dial into this, how does the idea of really growing
1: uh, in, in generosity make you feel? Think about it. As I say that, how does it make you feel? I'm not telling you how you should feel.
0: I simply want you to become aware in this moment of how you feel
1: about the idea of becoming an increasingly generous person. You feel it yet? Does that idea or conversation bring a feeling of discomfort to you? Or does that it causes feelings of excitement to be stirred up in your heart and mind. Or maybe you're a list person. You started making a list
0: already in your mind of reasons why you could not possibly give more. Or maybe your list is that you've started already is ways that your generosity could make a positive, uh, an increasingly greater difference in. God's work and in people's lives. How does it make you feel? I just want you to be aware
1: of that. Where, and where you would land on this spectrum. And whatever your feelings or thoughts are about generosity, I encourage you today to surrender those to
0: God right now and as we, as we look at three truths about generosity.
1: Three truths, very simple. Things. First of all, and foundationally, and we said it already, generosity is God's character. The
0: God that we say, if you're a Christ follower, the, the God who has redeemed us and saved us and, 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 and blessed us with his grace, the God we serve, the God we've surrendered our life and our future and our eternity to,
1: it's his character generosity is God's character. We have to come back again to that simple
0: Bible verse that speaks clearly and powerfully about God's character of generosity, John 3, 16, for God so loved you, the world, that he gave His one and only Son. That whoever believes in Him will not perish. In other words, will not be separated from their Creator for eternity. But will have eternal life. What a
1: generous gift. What a generous gift. I know myself. I don't deserve it. But God's a generous God. Thankfully. Generosity is a precise
0: and clear reflection of what we refer to, of the gospel, isn't it? Which is simply the good news that comes from the heart of our extremely generous God. So one of the best ways to
1: display God's character is by living generously. I was inspired by an interview I heard
0: uh, numbers of years ago at a church leadership conference I was at. Tom Shadyak was interviewed. He's a screenwriter, director, has been involved in movies like uh, Bruce Almighty, uh, Evan Almighty, and more recently, the Brian Banks story. And uh, I'm not sure he claimed to be a Christ follower. They were interviewing different people uh, from, from different walks of life, and the whole theme was about this uh, giving and, and generosity, and, and so this uh, this this man was interviewed. But he spoke about having lived in uh, and I don't know how much in the past I think this happened fairly recently as he was sharing the story uh, he he talked about how he had lived in a 17,000 square foot home but had decided to move into a a mobile home park as, as part of
1: reordering the priorities of his life to enable him to live more generously. He said it's quite a nice mobile home park but it's still a mobile home park and then he said the more i give the richer i feel the more i serve the richer my life gets and again
0: someone doesn't have to be a genuine christ follower to experience that because that's god's
1: principle that's just a that's just a broader principle that applies wherever we're at. The serving side of it is a big part of what Maureen spoke to us about last week. And if you missed that good message, make sure, you, make, make sure you catch that. Think of a time when you were the recipient of an act of generosity. Maybe
0: even a you know what you would say is quite a sacrificial act of generosity.
1: Think about how it felt. It's uplifting, isn't it? It's hope-giving, in some ways, many times humbling, but, but in a good way. I recall being deeply
0: impacted by an act of generosity that I was the recipient of in Kenya in July of 1985 as a 21-year-old kid out on a short-term missions trip, and this picture, it's not great quality, but on my little you know, camera there, 1985, church service. It's so cool. The generous act I I, I speak of took place in a small run-down house that really would be considered a, a rather shabby shed in Beaumont. After a church service that our Canadian missions team had ministered in, we were hosted by a pastor and his wife in that shed that was their home. Fourteen of us stood some sat on crates and whatever around this small room. And,
1: and we were lovingly served a, a, a glass, a, a bottle of pop. 14. Our, our missionary host told us later that that was an immense act of generosity shown to us. Because it would have costed that pastor about a week's salary. To do that. I'll never, forget. I'll never forget that. Expression of generosity from that pastor.
0: Who displayed the character of Jesus that day. And I was humbled
1: to be a recipient. And that pastor displayed what? The character of a giving God. Generosity is God's character. Secondly, generosity is God's call. So it's about obedience for all of us who, who, who claim to be Christ followers. 2 Corinthians 8:7,
0: Paul uh, compliments the Christians in the city of Corinth, and he wrote this uh, second letter um, to them. And in verse 7, he says, Since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete uh, earnestness, and in love that we have kindled in you. I mean, he's
1: commending them. That's cool. He then says, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. Excel at being generous. Many Christ followers know that generosity is about living in obedience to Jesus. And, and they, want, they, they want to do that. But in some cases, how can they? When that car loan that they chose to take needs to be paid. Or when
0: uh, I'm living beyond my means in my mortgage. Or I've made errors in judgment in how I use my credit card, so I'm paying huge interest there. My friends, debt inhibits what many Christ followers want to do. Namely, live generously. They do. And so, getting rid of debt as fast as possible... It's not, only, it's not only pleasing to God, but we know it mathematically makes sense because you end up spending less money on items that you thought you needed so much that you had to go into debt or you chose to go into debt to get them.
1: Getting rid of that.
0: A, a, a lack of debt in our life is part of being a good steward as well of our finances that God has entrusted to us.
1: I, I, I hope you've thought of it, about it that way before. Excel, Paul says, excel in the grace of giving. And do that much easier when debt isn't saddling us. Growth
0: and generous living can also be hindered by what if questions. What if? Like, like, the, like the ones Andy Stanley points out in his Fields of Gold book that I uh, showed you. Questions rooted really in fear. And they hinder
1: generosity and even more seriously hinder our obedience to God. Questions like, what if I run out? Or or,
0: or can can I really trust God to provide all my needs as I'm generous? I want you to listen to a simple verse, many of you know it well, from the short letter that... The Apostle Paul, and again, Apostle just means sent one. He, he God used him to, to, to speak into these different churches through writing these letters. And, and many of them from when he was in prison later in his life. Prison, being in prison for talking about Jesus when he was told not to. But here he is, saying significant things to Christ followers that still apply to us. Philippians 4.19, many of you know it well. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. His riches don't run out for provision of anything. It's not like he's got a barrel and, and as he gives them, ooh, it's getting less and less. I got to ration
1: this one. No, 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 no. His riches are unending supply. He's able. And we sometimes lift out this verse uh, about having our needs met, and, and, and
0: that's a good thing. God cares about that. But we may forget that the context of Paul writing this to the Christians in the city of Philippi is, is that of their own generosity. You Go back to verse 15 in, in Philippians 4. You'll see it. Paul refers to the generosity that they as a body had expressed, and he, and he commends them for it. And then we have, shortly after, this Verse 19,
1: of God's provision, God's supply as we are generous and as we trust him. It's cool. When we truly
0: trust God to provide our needs, there's no need to be worried about the what-if questions. As pastor, I'm privileged uh, many times to to, uh, regularly observe many of you being obedient to God in this area of generosity through giving financially to God's work. And to world missions or to buying uh, gift cards for people that are going through uh, challenging times or, uh, or, or taking meals that you've prepared with love. and You're
1: sharing that generously. It's inspiring to see. So many of you. Church. Christ followers. Way to go. You, you know who you are. Way to go
0: for living like kingdom citizens and, and, and not consumers. Way to go. I, I get so excited as I witness this. Excited because, because of what it accomplishes in our gospel work and in, in his mission in the world. I get excited for what it does for the recipients. And I see it. I hear it. Uh, the, the lift, the emotional uh, um, lift that your acts of generosity, the encouragement that your acts of generosity bring to people. Who, who are the recipients of your gestures of love? way to go, keep at it, keep your radar on, praying, God lead me, how to show your love in generous ways way to go I, I, and I get excited for what I know it will it will do in your heart and life and my heart and life as we obey God and act like God in generosity It's exciting so generosity is god's character, it's his call and and thirdly. uh, generosity is God's adventure in discipleship. Adventure in discipleship. Now, discipleship is all about growing in obedience to God's call. So there's uh, certainly, you know, overlap here with the previous point. But I, I wanted to make this additional statement. The adventure of our walk as disciples of Jesus, comes down many times, doesn't it? To, to stepping outside our comfort zone, and into places, and into experiences where we've got to
1: trust God. That's a, that's a very good place to be, actually. Maybe there's something that the Holy Spirit is
0: dropping into your mind, or something you just, you know, you thought of right away as, a, as an opportunity to show generous, generosity to someone recently and, and, and maybe you missed it or, you, or you're, you're thinking right now how you can revisit that and, and, and follow, God's, follow God's leading in those things. Maybe it's in the workplace, in your family. Sometimes the, the gift of generosity shared in, in, in family is sometimes seems harder to do than with people we don't
1: know. That that somehow doesn't make sense. Let the Holy Spirit lead you in this. It can be
0: generosity in some way shown to the one you love most in this world, or someone you've never met before, as you choose to pull over and help change a flat tire, whatever it is. Let's let's listen. Let's let's have our radar on as we go about our days. That's the adventure. Of discipleship, you just never know what might happen. Many of you could get up here and share your stories. And maybe that's good fodder for conversation. Maybe a good question. We don't have it on the screen. I'm just thinking of it now. Maybe a good question is, talk to me. Tell me about a time when you were the recipient of an act of generosity. And out of that you may be able to share an opportunity, a time that you had the opportunity to be generous. We'll have some good conversation on that later. Jesus said it simply to his disciples. If if you're a follower of Christ, these words apply to you as well as they do to me. He just simply said, given it will be
1: given to you. Given it will be given to you. Can that statement be over-applied? Probably. I've heard my dear wife and
0: partner in ministry say this succinct and true statement many times. We can never outgive God. As, as we've taken baby steps over the years to, to, to try to grow the heart of God in us by being generous in variety of, of ways. Given it will be given to you. It's not giving to get. It's giving knowing that God's got our best interests at heart. And in his infinite wisdom, he knows best how to give back to us when we're generous. His blessing when we obey may be financial, but maybe not. It may come in other ways than than just financial. Ways that may even be more meaningful. Just a word about that. The adventure of growing in generosity is a big part of God's growth strategy for you and I as disciples of Jesus. Eugene Cho of One Day's Wages said this important statement. Generosity is not just about blessing someone else. It's about rescuing us from the abyss of greed. Generosity doesn't give, he says, or sorry, generosity doesn't begin when when you have a lot. God's plan for generosity is a today plan.
1: In other words, no matter where you're at on the, the spectrum of having, sometimes the negative what-if
0: questions can hinder that plan, as we alluded to already. Questions from a, questions really from a clenched fist perspective, huh? Who of us haven't been there? Holding possessively onto what we own <laughs> or what we think we own because actually God owns it all, doesn't doesn't he? So many of you, you 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 live that way, open palms. But but the 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 flinch, clinching uh, what ifs are, are are fears, really. Like I mentioned a moment ago, what if I run out of money by months end? What if I end up needing this money for something else or something unexpected? Yeah, because God has no idea what's coming down the pike in our lives, right?
1: We think that way sometimes. What if, for any number of reasons, I I regret giving that money? Man, why did I give that money to
0: that young couple from our church who's going to a Muslim country in North Africa with the gospel? I didn't, honey, I'm sorry, I didn't know we were wanting to upgrade our RV this summer. Nuts!
1: Silly. Regret when we listen to the whisper of the Spirit, when we're generous in a genuine
0: desire to be like God and we are wanting to just uh, be a conduit
1: of His blessing to others. Regret? I I think no. I think not. There are also some positive what-if questions, and
0: some of you think more about those. Way to go for that. Questions based on uh, both uh, on biblical truth and God's ability, which make you think of uh, the possibilities
1: from the smallest gesture to something bigger. What if I give
0: generously as I feel prompted by the Holy Spirit and, and I get to contribute to something of eternal value that I could have otherwise missed out on? And as I say that, the tendency may be to think of something grandiose and big dollar value. That may be an example of, of that. But when I, when I say that missing out on something potentially of eternal value, do you know that can be the, the smallest word of a generous verbal encouragement that you just feel you need to share with somebody,
1: even if it's awkward? The eternal value in the changing of a heart that receives that.
0: Encouragement brought to a heart of somebody by your generous expression
1: or homemade apple pie or whatever it is, something simple. That's eternal value. And every one of us as Christ followers
0: have the opportunity, I I, I just think every day we have opportunity
1: to be a, a conduit through which the generous heart of God and flow to people i, I, I want to be dialed into that in my I mean, everyday life and you may think well that comes easy to you you're a pastor you've heard me say enough it's not necessarily the case no matter what we're doing we can be about the doing 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 and miss those opportunities that's not a
0: guilt trip that's just all of us being aware god help us to be aware of the possibilities the positive questions. What if, my, what, if my, what if my giving contributes to leadership? And this is financial giving that I'm referring to now, but contributes to leadership being put in place so there are opportunities can be provided for children in Beaumont to come to know Jesus. What if, what if my, my giving helps teenagers have the opportunity to experience God's uh, love through, through leaders who are passionate about providing ministry that's tailor-made for them? What if my giving helps facilitate the calling Of a young couple from our church who go with the gospel
1: of jesus to a muslim country in north africa and your giving does that by the way you'll see this young couple referred to in our missions promo as j and t that's
0: not because we forgot their full name but that's because we need to do that as opposed to using their name because of the risk to their lives of being in those restricted
1: access nations what if questions that remind us of the exciting
0: adventure of living as a disciple of Jesus and exciting possibilities for the gospel in our world and people people hear about Jesus here on Sundays and other days of the week because because collectively we give so there's we're generous so that there's there's electricity and heat which is good in this
1: climate not glamorous but it's eternal stuff another example of eternal stuff. I I love how,
0: matter of fact, the Apostle Paul is in his uh, Ephesians uh, letter, chapter four, he says, "If, if you're a thief, quit stealing. He's talking to Christians here. Oh yeah, Christians can have trouble with all kinds of things, right? We surrender those things to God. And Paul is saying, if you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. It's one of the beautiful God-ordained outcomes of our hard work of earning money is to be generous. I also love Solomon's words in Proverbs 11. He says, the generous prosper. And I love this next phrase. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. not good? And many of you, you you've experienced that. Being generous toward others, whether it's generosity with your your time, your talent, your money, your your love and care, uh, your your wisdom and experience, sharing generously is refreshing. It's refreshing. It's the discipleship principle that as you give, you'll be strengthened, you'll be provided for, you'll be lifted up, you'll be refreshed, Solomon says. It's it's just how it works in, in God's economy. Isn't it? So, our response just before we move into a time of, of of thanking God through communion for His ultimate generous gift of sending His Son, we're going to share in some moments now. But what's 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 all this going to look like in 2020 for you and, and for me? What what needs to happen for you to become more like God in generosity this year, and for me to do the same? Or, or maybe the first question is this: How does your thinking need to change? Yeah, and worship team, you can come and find your place. I want you to listen to that question. For some of you, this will apply. This is where you're at, and that's that's okay. Just be open to the Spirit right now. How does your thinking need to change about God's ability and willingness to provide all your needs so you don't fear generosity, but rather see the exciting and kingdom possibilities? What what needs to happen? How is generosity going to show itself in your life and my life this year? On the front of the stage, there are 20 copies of this
1: book. And in a moment, the first 20 people, no fighting, okay? Walking only.
0: Seriously, if if you would say in this moment, today I'm making a commitment to grow in generosity in 2020. It doesn't mean you're not generous already, right? You just want to... Grow more as God leads you in, in this character of God, of generosity. And if you're, if you're saying that, that's, that's what you want for your life, and you would commit to read this book along with God's word on the topic, then I'm going to just invite you in a couple of minutes of reflective and personal prayer time before we move in, change the order here. I'm going to invite you to come and, and, and pick up one of these books off the stage and find your way back to your seat. And, and if you're person twenty-one and you and or twenty-two or twenty, and you, all of a sudden the books are gone and you're halfway up, nah, that's okay. No need for embarrassment. They're available on Amazon. And listen, seriously, if if, if money's tight, I mean, it's a small book, but I, I mean this sincerely. If money's tight, or or for some other reason, you just know yourself. you you're, you're not once you go, you, you're probably not going to order it.
1: Tell me that. If in this moment you're you're committing to generosity, I could get into trouble here but i will i will I will buy you a copy i'm gonna I'm gonna pray, and then at the end of amen,
0: there's 20 books available, and I want you to come as part of your commitment to say i, I want to grow, I want to grow to become more like God in generosity this year." in all kinds of ways that generosity can look. Father, that's our heart, so many of us. Most of us, I'm sure, in this room have a desire to be like you in our love, in our compassion, in grace we show to people, and in generosity. Help us respond to this word from your word exactly as you want us to. Help us today to be able to identify more quickly an opportunity that we can lean into and step into to show the generous heart of God to somebody. Maybe even before we leave this building, with our words of encouragement, we become generous. Whatever it is, Holy Spirit, so many of us want to grow that way.
1: Help us, strengthen us. In Jesus' name.